Hi, I'm Ari. Hi, I'm Nick. And we were whisked away while one by one our winter terms warranted waves of work, but weep, wail, and wait no more as we welcome back with a wonderful webisode where we watched a Wachowski film. <laughs> and welcome hey. back to the 68th episode of Post Bravo. the podcast. It's been a bit of a, of a postponement, a bit of a... It has. A bit of a viatus, as, as you would say. Um, this, this is coming out right after the other one, no? <laughs> <laughs> the other one's out, Ari. The other one's out. We don't got a backlog. Um, I actually don't know. I think we recorded three weeks ago, but I don't know when the episode came out. So it might have only been two weeks ago. So it might not have been as long as we thought. So who knows? Hey, everybody. Todd Howard here. I just wanted to let you know that I'm editing this podcast a whole two weeks after we recorded it. And that means it's been five weeks since our last episode of Postpone. I just wanted to let you know that. So if anything seems very weird and out of date, it's my fault. Enjoy the show. It's been a minute, um, which is why I gotta ask, how y'all doing? Ooh, well, I've been doing just swell. I'm going home in two days. Get to leave this cruel state that we call Indiana. And then uh, it's gonna be nice to be back. Kind of love the Indiana patriotism you got going on there. Yeah. Um... It's all right. I, on the other hand, being on the quarter system, do not go home in two days. I go home in approximately three to four weeks. Uh, well, I, I already went out west to the warmer weather. Uh, so <laughs> I, I prepared that one, and I didn't know where to fit it into the opening. So there we go. Um, but yes, as my as my intro has a uh, you know teased, we watched uh, the German film We for Wendetta. Uh, also known as the American film or British film V for Vendetta, um, and also we did a, a listener recommendation for your consideration. So there's the two films up, up for grabs on this episode. Uh, but before then, let's kick out with some news, and I'm feeling like hearing what Ari has to say about the world. Okay, well, first thing I'm gonna say, tying into I th- was it last episode we did Mink? Nah, two, two before. It's been so long. However, Citizen Kane is what my uh, story is about. In hey. fact, is it very out? recently, Citizen <laughs> Kane has dropped its 100% fresh rating to a 99% fresh rating. Mm-hmm. As a new uh, critic review, it has been added to it, but it's not a new review. It is an 80-year-old review from the Chicago Tribune has been added to the Rotten Tomatoes score, making it uh, no longer 100% fresh. So for some reason they did that, I, I believe, and people care for some reason. I believe the the review said Citizen Kane, more like Citizen. Okay, you know, yes. now that I think about it, <laughs> two things. First off, um, I, I didn't even know they count old reviews for Rotten Tomatoes. I'm I don't really know why this eighty year old review has been unearthed because I don't think I I don't think that 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 they do that normally. Um, I maybe, guess they've made maybe, an exception. Maybe Nicolas Cage, National Treasure, like, found this review and, like, buried in the Smithsonian yeah. or something. I don't well, know. Well, because I think, that I don't, because they have films that have, like, grown on us over time, you know, like, things that didn't do well when they were released and now critics adore them. And those have good scores. So I'm mm-hmm. surprised that they would have this ancient review. Second off, that means Armand White gave Citizen Kane a good score. Because... <laughs> Otherwise, there'd be a modern review that's bad. Yeah. So even Armand White, uh, 
I guess, has hopped on the bandwagon. Um, I guess. Do you know what has replaced it, Ari? Yes. As the highest scoring film? Paddington 2, baby! There are plenty of films that have 100 on there, but but the film with the most reviews that also has 100% is none other than Paddington 2. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, yeah. So Paddington 2 is... Now the greatest film of all time. I've yeah. seen it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I've seen Paddington One. I liked it. So I, I yeah. only I only assume Paddington Two is also good. I I would say it's better I to watch Paddington though. Oh, okay. I like the second one more. Um, okay. I remember the second one more. Well, Paddington Two more like Paddington Poo, and I just ruined the perfect rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. Bye. <laughs> Next there are no more hundred percent uh... on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Um and. That's, you know, that ends that little tidbit of information of news I have for you. Well, that's very nice. Wesley, do you have news, or do I have to make a segue off of that somehow? Nah, nah, I got news. Well, speaking of video game movies, I watched Mortal Kombat recently. You, this isn't even... (laughs) (laughs) Alright, go ahead, go ahead. It's not, it's not good. I I did not expect it to be. Yeah, I didn't either. So probably not. Yeah, it's also like... Like, we did Street Fighter a few weeks back, and, like, I know a little bit about Street Fighter. I know some of the characters. Mortal Kombat, I, I, I realized I know, like, nothing about. I know Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And yeah, that's that's I know that part where they stream Mortal Kombat. Yeah, uh, they don't do that in the in the movie. In this well, then one, it's a shit so. movie, and yeah, they shouldn't have made it. Bad. No. They don't do yeah. that. It, this movie is dumb because... They have all the characters from the game, and then just some random guy named Cole, and he's the main character. They just made a character named um, Cole. They could have just could have just had like Scorpion or Sub Zero or something. The, the, the best character. video game movies create characters instead of relying on fan favorites. Is they just have yeah, some guy? They rely the on character. fan fiction instead. Yeah, even Mario got that right. So like, I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The fights were pretty boring, and. Uh, it's, and I didn't understand what was going on. There's like the Earth realm and the Outer realm, and there's also a Lizard realm. Um, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess uh, to transition from that, I have no segue. Speaking of bad movies, okay. Um, I'll let I'll let Nick do both of his at the end. I want to talk about the 21st Golden Raspberry Awards. Of rewards of bad movies for the year of 2020. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go through some of you know some of the worst films that they have de- designated. First off, the worst picture is Absolute Proof. Is that about vodka? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure Absolute Proof is about. I think it's a documentary. Hold on, let me look it up just so I can get this right. Damn, a documentary is the worst movie. No, no, no. It's a documentary directed or perhaps starring the my pillow guy mike uh, lindell i don't know what it's about i don't know what it is i don't even know if it counts as a film it came out this year so it's not even a 2020 film so interesting they really oh, dropped the, the ball on movies this one were the razzies 365 uh, days yeah it's a shame never heard of it it's a of shame summer? that didn't win because that's a that's a bad movie just 365 yeah. days Doolittle. Oh, oh, I oh, know that Oh, shit, one. I forgot about that one. Fantasy Island? Fantasy oh, I, Island I remember bad that. Too. That's like, isn't that Zac, Zac Efron? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the last one was Music, uh, directed by Sia. Yeah. 
Well, it's probably not even bad then if it's Sia. It's probably just weird. <laughs> it really shows that even the Razzie nominees this year sucked, you know? Like, none of those are a good meme. Except I, I would argue Doolittle should have won. Oh, yeah. Like, a, a documentary that no one like saw or heard movie. of. Yeah, and it it's... it's Look, I've not seen this documentary. I never will because I don't care. It, I guarantee Doolittle is worse because it has more effort and comes out worse, you know, or less effort and comes out better. Who knows? Speaking of Sia, she won. She won worst director. Uh huh. Oh, did she direct the? She the directed music. music. Yeah. Music. Yes. I mean, it's 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 you know it's a high bar. Is to... this an actual film? What if you What if you wrote right? a song called Movie? Music is, I believe. I, I don't even think it is a film, is it? I'm pretty sure... Is it a music video? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was an extended music video, but it looks like it's actually a film. It's you know, it's an hour 47. Um, it's also 2021, so it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. What is they, this? this? Well, you guys are going to get a kick out of Worst Actor. Because that is Mike Lindell in Absolute Proof as himself. You can't be an actor in a documentary. <laughs> You should say that to Rudy yeah. Giuliani, who won Worst Supporting Actor as himself. Look, at least that's a film. <laughs> Even but he's not acting. Himself. Look. No, he's yeah. not. Uh, uh, who's that guy? Ke- Kevin Garnett was in uh, Good Time as himself, um, but he played a character. So I think that counts, you know. Also, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for Worst Actor. Who? For Doolittle. Oh, Robert Downey Jr.? Adam Sandler for Hubby Halloween as well. Okay, well, that's just unfair. Shia LaBeouf was nominated for Worst Supporting in The Tax Collector, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was also nominated for Iron Mask, and Bruce Willis, Breach, Hard Kill, and Survive the Night. I'm beginning to think that the Razzies don't really care about the art of bad movies. Because this just sounds like they're just picking random shit, to be honest. Wait, music was nominated for Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy at the Golden Globes and Best Actress. <laughs> Hudson was nominated for Best Actress at the Golden Globes and Worst Actress at the Raz... What's going on here? That, that's, that's happened before. No, no, that's Wes, happened before. Is this good or Glenn bad? Glenn Close is uh, nominated Worst Supporting Actress uh, for this year and is also nominated... For an Oscar for Best Supporting Oscar Gl- Glenn, uh, Actress, Glenn Close for the the Hillbilly yeah. one. Yeah. So yeah. our movie, our movie is good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, it's almost like opinions exist. Shit. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, you know, Raspberry takes himself seriously because the worst <laughs> screen combo. Himself seriously. Themselves seriously. Oh, Mr. Raspberry, the host. Senor Raspberry, yeah. yeah. It's just a Raspberry. Because the worst screen combo. Was won by Rudy Giuliani and his pants zipper in Borat. Okay, well film. that's something we would do. Uh, that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else? Is that it? Um, there's also worst prequel remake ripoff or sequel was Doolittle. Okay, well at least Doolittle won something. Um, worst screenplay was 365 Days, and Special Governor's Award for worst calendar year ever was 2020. I don't know, man. The the thirteen thirties were pretty bad. So, <laughs> is West frozen? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just reading about music. He's just horrified to learn about music. Yeah. Um, well, enough about all these bad awards. Do you want to talk to us about some good awards now? Well, I can talk to you about an award show of sorts. Um, 
let's see, where do I want to start with this? Hmm. Well, there was an award show that happened recently, and by recently I mean uh, a couple months ago. It was the Golden Globes. Um, fun fact, the Golden Globes aren't happening next year. The 2022 Golden Globes have been canceled. What? Uh, because the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is having some struggles. Everyone hates them right now. Uh, it seems to be uh, a result of having, at least what this article is implying, next to no black members, but also some shady behind-the-scenes stuff going on um, that I don't need to get into. But I will say that the reactions, Netflix and Amazon have, have cut ties with the foreign press, so they're not submitting things for Golden Globes anymore, or at least they won't be next year. And I don't know, it it, it just isn't going to happen. The Golden Globes don't happen next year, so... Wait, so crazy. this show's not happening because no one wants to nominate any movies? Or no one wants to submit any movies for nomination? I'm sure people still would, but I, I think there's been enough controversy and they're having enough... Pro- I think they're, like, firing their entire executive staff, like, they're replacing their CEO and... <gasps> And we could we, CFO we, we, and, we could do it. Yeah. yeah, they're replacing their human right, uh, human services. So we can hop on in and we can be head of HR. I'm human. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I guess the easiest thing to do was just to to not do it at all. Um, okay. Uh, that's not the only award show that exists. The Oscars also exist. That's right, boys. Yeah. The Oscars happened. They exist. They're a real thing. Or are they? Because no one watched them this year because it's the lowest uh, the lowest viewed Academy Awards telecast on record in the U.S. Uh, in history. And by in history, I mean since 1974 when they started keeping track of these things. 10.4 million viewers, which is still, you know, more than 10 million, but less than every other year before it, going back to 1974. Um... When they first started keeping track. Yeah, mind you, there were like three television stations in 1974, so uh-huh. I I feel like there would be more people watching it then because it's one of the three things on TV at the time. But did we go over the nominees? I think we did. We um, did. Yeah. So. But not the winners. Yeah. Well, that's yes. That's what I'm going to do now. <laughs> we did not precog this. Now, none of us watched it. Uh, full disclosure: none of us cared to watch it. I didn't even make predictions, really. And I do that every year. I sit down, I do my predictions. This year, I literally, like, two minutes before it started, I texted Wes, like, five names just off the top Uh of my head. I got three out of the six or seven things I said, maybe. And I Um, told him the only thing I cared about was documentary, My Octopus Teacher. Yes, My Octopus Teacher won, which is the best thing to happen all year. I would say also... um, Daniel Kaluuya won for Best Supporting Actor. Quite happy about that. Uh, a, a winner of the ponies, Daniel Kaluuya is. Um, so it's good to see that he is uh, not really going up in the world because the ponies are more important. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to see him get recognized by other awards groups. What did he win for? What, what did he win for? He won for Supporting Actor in Judas and the Black Messiah as oh, perhaps yes. either Judas or the Black Messiah. I'm not really sure. I believe he's the Black <laughs> Messiah. Okay, okay, there you go. Um, Best Supporting Actress, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce this because I'll get it wrong, but it went to uh, the the Korean lady from Minari, which is, hey, it's nice to see someone who's, uh, you know, not an American win because that means the Academy is being like, hey, look at us, we give awards to other people too, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Best Actress went to Fran, 
uh, for Nomadland. Um, of course, I think this was to be expected. Um, Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor. I'll get to that in a second. I was surprised by that. I was very surprised. I honestly I thought it would go were. to Gary Oldman. But Anthony Hopkins is now the oldest winner of any award in any category. So good for him. I believe 88 um, is, is the age to beat now. So all those 89-year-olds listening to the podcast, you know, get, get in a film. It's never um, too late. Uh, best Director went to Chloe Zhao, uh, who directed Nomadland. She did not direct The Farewell. Uh, just to make that clear, <laughs> that's not a film she made. I don't know if I made that comment on the podcast, but if I did, it's not true. Um, but No Man Land did win Best Picture, as was to be expected, because it also won the Golden Globe. It also won, I think, the BAFTA. It won a lot of things. Um, everything else, you know, another round one foreign film, um, which I'm honestly surprised that wasn't nominated for Best Picture, especially because they only did eight, and they normally do nine. So I've heard that's actually very good. Um, good. And they're so, doing an American remake. They've already announced it. That's insane. And that it's makes, gonna be I, Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio playing. They Matt learned Spiegelson. nothing from Parasite. People will literally watch foreign films if you let them. <laughs> oh, oh. Yep. Um, best original score went to Soul. Trent Reznor. You may have heard of him. He's a guy. Um, and Addis Ross and John Batiste. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> Soul also won best. Uh, animated film which i believe also was to be expected if anything happens i love you one best short film i expected that because i saw it i said this will win because it's about a school shooting so you know that's exciting um cinematography went to mank anyway let me talk about the actual ceremony again i did not watch it full disclosure but i have a friend here who did and he said it was strange you'd figure since no one showed up you know and no one was watching and not a and lot no of one was in the audience either, right? Because weren't they yeah. not allowed to be and, in the audience? And no host, so no skits, no funny business, right? First off, they didn't do it at the Dolby Theater like they normally do. They did it at the Union Station in Los Angeles, like a train station. They did it in, <laughs> uh, to be fair, it's been done up into like a ballroom now. It's not an, a functioning station, but it is technically <clears throat> a train station where they did this. Mm -hmm. Um this show was three hours and 20 minutes somehow. Huh? Um, it was full length, longer even than some previous shows, and a lot of people just didn't show up. I'm told that they didn't do Best Picture last. They did it third to last. I think every single time they have done this show ever, Best Picture has been the closer, right? Because it's like, oh, this is a big deal. Um, they didn't do that this time. Best Picture came uh, third to last. Then they did Best Actress, and then they did Best Actor. Anthony Hopkins was not there. So they ended on giving an award to a guy that was not there, did not give a speech, and they all just awkwardly looked around and then ended the show. That's funny. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I believe he announced, he, he released his acceptance speech after the fact, like uh, a day or two later. He's like, thank you, I won. Um, I didn't watch it because, again, I don't care. But I'm just saying, it sounds like the biggest shit show, and it's it's, it's very sad. I feel like I don't uh, I don't really recognize like any of these movies except of course the ones yeah. we watched, and I've heard of Judas and Black Messiah, but yeah. I mean, we talked about them briefly when we talked about the nominations, but I mean, it just it feels like a very unfamiliar year. Yeah, but also like what movies came out that 
Yeah, no, fair enough. Like, and I understand saw. why. <laughs> yeah. I think I've not... Harley Quinn, Tenet, like... Yeah, I've not read anything about this, so I don't... I can't say for certain, but I'm sure if someone was to ask, hey, why didn't you do Best Picture last? Because that makes sense, since it is the biggest award of the night. They'd probably say, like, oh, you know, 2020 is just a year about people. You know, it's not about films. It's about the human struggle. Huh? And so they give it to an old guy That's that gross. wasn't there, you know? <laughs> like... Not not to not to dunk on Anthony Hopkins. I love the man. Yeah, I'm glad I know, he like, won, but I know some people thought that they were like saving Best Picture, Best Actor for last, so that they could honor Chadwick Boseman, but mm. they didn't even do that. Like, <laughs> I think I think that because from what I know, even the production staff for the Oscars doesn't know who wins. Like the only people who know are Price Waterhouse Cooper, right? or yeah. I yeah I, maybe they've traded them out after the La La Land thing. So I don't know who does it now, but I think it's normally Price Waterhouse. I think they're the only ones who know. Um, so I think that they structured it expecting Chadwick to win, <laughs> which is because like I'm, you know, it's very sad what happened. Chadwick is good in that movie, but like. I don't know. I just I didn't think he'd win, right? I it's I didn't really think he'd be. It's it's yeah. It's not his best performance. It's not even the best performance in that movie. Like Viola Davis is swell in that film, and he kind of just is like good, you know, mm-hmm. worthy of a nomination probably. I don't know if about worthy of a win, but he won the Golden Globe. So I think Steven Soderbergh or whoever was in charge of ordering the show was like, we'll finish on the montage of Chadwick Boseman, right? Uh-huh. And then. Anthony Hopkins wins, and everyone looks around, and the lights just go out. You know, <laughs> like uh-huh. it, it. It's. I have nothing else to say. You know, that's funny. It's just kind of sad. It's always a mess. It's supposed to be like you know, the best of the best. It's the Academy. It's supposed to be that's so professional, but it's like, it's one of the. Sh- I think it's most consistently unprofessional, or something goes wrong every time compared to any other reward show award show I can think of. Yeah, and like I, it's the only one I watch. But, like, the Tonys is just so much better than the Oscars. Like, it's always... Yeah, because Broadway, pe- Broadway people know how to put on a show. <laughs> yeah, so honestly, whoever's in charge of the Tonys should take over the Oscars for a year and just be like, this is how you run an awards show. Uh-huh. Well, I think, um, I think, I think like, one of the things with the Oscars right now is they need to, like, decide whether or not they're the, the highbrow awards or they're, like a show that you know a lot of people are gonna watch because like i don't think they can be both they also they also have to decide whether they're an american award show or everyone in the world gets to participate equally because as much as parasite was absolutely without a doubt the best film last year let alone the best film nominated Mm -hmm. picking that as the winner is saying okay now everyone has a fair shot and then immediately the next year when you know, I don't know what else came out in other countries. I guess the the drinking movie with Mads Mikkelsen, you know, that wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. So I think they should figure out who this award show is even for audience-wise, let alone, yeah. like, whether or not it's going to be an entertainment night or just a awards, you know? Don't make it three um, hours long. And if you want yeah. people to watch it, you know, you don't have it more be about, like, skits and stuff. Because also, like, if you want people to watch it, have a host. Because at least mm-hmm. if there's a host, there's, like, a vision. Uh, and, like, even if that vision is, like, some people don't like it, like, at least it has, like, an identity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, it, was it, like, the Golden Globes, I think Ricky Gervais has uh, has hosted before? I think that's super <laughs> funny. Like, I know it offends people, but, like, I think it's amazing because at least, like, it has a bit of, like, you know, a character. Whereas, like, the Oscars, like, nowadays, like, 
it doesn't have any character at all yeah the oscars yeah that's a good point i don't know what the oscars is you know it, it i joke about it being the same thing every year but to be fair i never know what it's gonna be but it's not like i'm pleasantly surprised it's like all right what are they gonna mess up this time you know mm-hmm. it's like i feel like more people watch it ironically or out of spite now than just like yeah let's go oscars baby you know mm-hmm. um i don't know it doesn't matter yeah. i got some great news though uh and by great news i just mean it's it's funny and it's exciting um you may recall uh a little while ago, we talked about uh, Tom Cruise is going to space with Doug Liman to mm-hmm. make a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's now a bit of a space race going on because oh. the Russians, a Russian film company, has announced that on October 5th, 2021, they are going to launch an actor and director to the ISS to make the first feature film in space. As of yet, we don't no know way. when Tom Cruise and Doug Liman are going. So Russia intends to beat the U.S. to making a film in space. I assume to make it's up amazing. for losing the moon race. They're like, well, yeah, look, we at least got to beat them in this. So, <laughs> uh, I love that. It's, it's amazing. I don't think they've picked someone yet. In November, they announced uh, there was a casting announcement to, to look for um, a female lead who fits the right age range and weight range and and everything because like you know space is like uh, you gotta fucking weigh exactly the right amount and all that sort of stuff but science things um they want a particularly athletic fit person and on thursday they announced that they have found their actress miss yulia Peresilid, who is 36 and the director uh klim shipenko who is 37 both of them are going to undergo training uh, they're gonna do the the normal Russian boot camp for uh, astronauts, and then in October they're going up to the ISS to to do something. Now um, wait, wait, because you've only said that there's two people involved with this movie. <laughs> He's just gonna be holding up like a camera, and she's just gonna be doing um, shit like. Well, this sounds like it might be a terrible movie. <laughs> I mean, I don't uh, know what the Tom Cruise one is either, but like. Okay, so this this is it. It appears she is an established Russian actress. She's in a couple of popular Russian TV series. Um, she was in the popular 2015 Battle for Sevastopol, which is a patriotic war film. Uh, she played the young Soviet woman who joined the Red Army and became an accomplished sniper. Is that uh, is that her character name? <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. This is actually a, a real story. I don't know if you've heard of this. There is um, a Russian sniper, a Russian female sniper who like. I want to say killed like 300 people like she's the most accomplished what? sniper in in any war ever um she's kind of a big deal um Shipenko, on the other hand his last film that he directed was a disaster film called salute 7 which is about the 1985 soyuz mission to dock and retrieve a space station after contact with it had been lost i didn't uh, even know this happened that sounds amazing why have i never so heard of this they send they send two people up to space to film a movie and only one comes back oh no <laughs> um place your bets yeah i it's it's interesting um that's hell? it that's really the whole article i'm yeah, just that's no. there's, well, there's a I'm new excited. space race i'm excited solaris yeah. 2 usa they always said USA. if the space race was so good why haven't hasn't there been a space race 2 yet now there is there has. so mm-hmm. confirmed good nice. we talked a long time about a lot of things that didn't mm-hmm. really matter mm-hmm. let's talk a lot of a long time about one specific thing that doesn't really matter yeah speaking so because... of the space race and speaking of whatever segue 
we did before that. And speaking of the Academy Awards, uh, consider fuck. the following. <laughs> <laughs> yes, consider the following. Wesley, guest recommendation for this week is for your consideration. Ari, you're in charge. You are. Um, Thank you. Thanks, yes. Special thanks to JMD8 on Reddit for recommending this uh, quite a while back at this point uh, in preparation for the Oscars. Um, he gave us ample time to do this movie before <laughs> the Oscars two, and we didn't do it's it. It's like but... two months before <laughs> the Oscars. <laughs> I know, he gave us so much time, but we finally we finally did it. Hey, it got done. Yeah. It got watched. Yeah. yeah. So, um, first, I think I'm just going to go real quick through... Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, do we first, well, first, let's give our opinions. Well, it's about... It, briefly, it, this movie is about the production of a movie originally called Home for Purim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and it follows the actors who are a part of this movie, specifically. And eventually, their campaign for a nomination from the Academy. Mm-hmm. Would you like to begin, since, uh, Wesley, with your opinion on this film? I would. So... Full disclosure, it's been a minute. I watched this movie, like, right after we recorded the last episode, so it's been, like, three weeks or something since I've seen it. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I remember pretty well. I took some notes. Um, and I really liked this movie. I thought it, I thought it was really funny. Um, it's kind of like it's white Hollywood shuffle. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, I thought it was it was cynical. There were good jokes. Um, it, it represents a lot of what I don't like about the film industry, and that is something mm-hmm. that I do like about this movie. Um, I just, yeah, I, I liked all like the, the kind of like dark comedy of it all, um, and I just thought it was a really funny, funny good time. So I enjoyed it a lot. Hey. Hmm. <clears throat> Who wants to go next? I will go next. <laughs> um, I thought this was actually, I thought it was pretty funny too. Um, not every joke landed, but I mean, it, I did like the humor in this a lot and liked, uh, I think I've seen a fair few movies about the production of films. However, this one actually, I felt more like tied to the process than any of the other ones I've watched before. For some reason, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but you know, just seeing all the aspects of how all like, cause each, uh, person in the producing the movie, for example, the makeup person, the screenwriters, the director, they all have their own personalities. And it's fun making fun of how they clash, I assume exaggerating the real problems that they have in the production of a movie. And I loved all of that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's a pretty good movie. So it's hard for me to elaborate currently on where I think it falls flat, but not very many places. Mm-hmm. Who goes next? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I watched this this morning, so it's fresh in my head. It, I I liked it. It's a good movie. It's a funny movie. I I hate to admit it, but it's the only Christopher Guest directed film that I've seen. I've not seen Best in Show. I've not seen Waiting for Guffman. I've not seen Spinal Tap. Um, which I I I'm aware that I'm supposed to watch Spinal Tap. This felt like a very pleasant style of comedy that I wish more films had, which is incredibly understated you know it's not like oh intellectual comedy but it is it is not adam sandler fart you know yeah. um mm-hmm. it's it's very dry it's very the, the it's not it's like pretty grounded you know nothing insane happens i like that it's not uh it's not a comedy of errors where everything just gets worse and worse it's just it feels very real 
Um, and I think because of that, it's like, hey, look at this real life thing that, that can happen. Isn't it funny how Ricky Gervais shows up and it's like, but can we make it about Thanksgiving? You know, yeah. like I, 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 I laughed quite a bit in this. I thought some performances especially were just hilarious. Um, Fred Willard shows up and just says weird shit. And I love him. Yeah. Um, I... I uh, Christopher Guest himself plays the director in this, and I, I love his performance. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a lot to like about this movie, I think. Um, and like Ari says, I agree that it is good at portraying, like it 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 doesn't feel forced. It does genuinely feel like this is just what making a film is like in Hollywood. You know, it's not like ah yes, glamour and glitz and like dramatic like. It it just feels like it's just a movie set on a film set and i think it it handles that very well you know Mm -hmm. um and also like wes says i think it's funny that it says hey look at how shit some of this stuff is you know (laughs) yeah um because there are some character arcs in this that are just sad and depressing and very very true you know um so yeah Yeah. i liked it it's a it's a fun film Yeah, and also might have just add something I forgot to mention. I like I I like the editing style in this. How you know, just a character will say a stupid thing, and then it end scene just cuts to a different scene, and that's the yep. punchline. And I like that. Yeah, it it does kind of feel a bit like a series of vignettes. You know, mm-hmm. like it's that's, not. That's why that's why I compared it to yes. Hollywood Shuffle, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is yeah. very Hollywood Shuffle. It's kind of. It, I'd say it's also kind of similar. There's a Coen Brothers movie, Hail Caesar, that's kind of like this. Um, where that's just a bunch of characters on a film set, but like that has some dramatic ending where it's got like communists on a submarine or whatever. Um, what? <laughs> it's a whole thing. This feels very grounded, and there's not mm-hmm. it, it. I don't know what it is about it. I, I again, I've not seen Spinal Tap, and I, I wish I had because I I assume this is what that's like. Very understated. It's just uh, here's a thing. Laugh at it, you know. I like that it's not a story. It it is just dumb shit happens, and then that's the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, to quote one of the characters in this film, it's amazing that this film has pioneered the art of just doing nothing, you know. And that's <laughs> yep. that's that's what makes it good. I got to that part. I'm like, look, Wes is either gonna hate this bit or love it. So. And I loved it. Yeah. There you hey, go. Hey, good to hear. Ari. If there's even a plot to synopsize. Yeah, there's, there's a bit. Yes. There's, there's some marks. Please allow me uh, to uh, plagiarize this Wikipedia plot <laughs> section. Of course. So the film follows Home for Priam. It's a low-budget uh, film starring uh, this old woman who is the dying matriarch of the family, a veteran actor turned kosher hot dog mascot who plays her husband. Yep. A, and then uh, two younger actors that play their children. And, you know, it's a cute little family. And apparently this film is far better than they would have anticipated. And there are rumors going around that certain uh, members of the cast might be able to be nominated for an Academy Award. It starts with the uh, Marilyn Hack, which is the main older actress. And then it's, uh, event- and then, uh, it's talk about uh, the husband victor allen miller the wiener guy and then eventually to um callie webb as the the lesbian daughter of in in uh character in the movie a lot of random shit happens a lot of random funny bits about the screenwriters yeah 
Ricky Gervais, whatever his name is pronounced. Um, he he he's he he plays a producer. He's like, oh, I love this movie, but we need it to be you know more broad audience. And right now, Home for Pium is a little too Jewish. So now they retitle it Home for Thanksgiving. The buzz around the Oscar buzz around the film intensifies. What happens is at the end, uh, none of those three people who were hinted at uh, actually win the Oscars. <laughs> Only the guy who pretty much hates the reward sh- the, the award shows and broke up with one of the other uh, people in the cast over his like not caring about the award show, he ends up winning but sleeps through it, and that's where it ends. I skipped over a fair bit of things, but I think that's kind of the gist of it. Mm-hmm. You think that kind of works? Kind of works? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good yeah, that's, that, that's accurate. Yeah. I love yeah. the cast. I think mm-hmm. that's a good place to start because... Christopher Guest has his regulars. He's got Eugene Levy, who also co-wrote the film, as I believe he co-writes most of his movies. He's got Fred Willard, who I think is in almost all of them. He's got Harry Shearer. Mr. Burns himself is in the film. Oh, Mr. Um, Burns. Uh, I, I, I love Harry Shearer. He's a, he's a wonderful man. and he's John a wonderful Krasinski's actor. in the film. John, John Krasinski is there for like five himself. seconds. Jane yeah. Lynch <laughs> is in the movie. Mm-hmm. She, she plays the same woman in every film. I'll be honest, I think most people know Jane Lynch from Glee. I know her because as a child, the first time I saw her in anything, she played uh, Sam's mom on on iCarly. And that is literally what I think of every time I see her in any film. I think of iCarly. I think of of Wreck-It Ralph. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's she. She plays a woman. That's yeah, right. She plays like herself. Like it just looks like her. <laughs> she does. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. That's so good. That's yeah. Uh-huh. It's it's a very funny movie, and it's got a very good cast of characters. I yeah. I don't think there's really any weak links, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like like Ari said, the cameos are good. John Krasinski, of course. Uh, and then uh, there's probably other cameos if you if you like actors. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I just. Exactly. I remember. Carrie, I just remember actors would show up in this movie and be like, "Oh, Ricky Gervais is in this." Okay. I yeah, that was that. a surprise. Was like, uh-huh. That was a pleasant surprise. Oh, that was funny. Mm-hmm. Sandra Oh is nice in to it. See. Um, mm-hmm. The I I don't know who either of the actors are, but the the two uh, Siskel and Ebert knockoffs. Like I like when they show up, because that also is a, is a joke out of Hollywood Shuffle. Is when they're at the theater reviewing movies, they also have a Siskel and Ebert parody. Oh. So, uh, yes, yes, yes. It is. It is basically white Hollywood shuffle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a very accurate description. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, let me just say, I want to. I, I want to get through these. Uh, a few. A couple jokes I wrote down. One is when like the the manager or the agent or whatever is like talking to trying to like flex his Native Americanness to someone, and he he says <laughs> oh, something, yeah. and he's like, that roughly translates to we don't have a blanket for a urinary infected pony to piss on or something and i thought that that was amazing because what does that mean but also i could definitely see someone saying that and being like oh yeah so meaningful yeah that's a great one and then also i just i liked the part when uh like the producer and like uh her assistant were like showing off the different poster ideas no no no, we're we're responding to the different poster ideas or whatever Oh yeah, that was good. <laughs> there's like, there's like the heads on the teapots or whatever, and the guy's just like, "Oh man, that's scary. You've got like disembodied heads there." And... Oh, it was on the cookies, yeah. Oh like yeah, the pastries. Yeah. I don't know. I thought those posters were amazing. So he those, those he says cool. he says I like the poster with the balloons because I too have been to parties with multiple colored balloons, and that's the end of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's he, he's very good at at just weird, not even weird, because it's not like surreal comedy. It's just. Yeah good jokes that land 
you know and they're not even jokes they're just like funny things that normal people would say yeah yeah exactly people people could say this but like it, it, it does a good job. It's of... just a little weird, a little off to where it's really funny, though. Yeah, and, and it's not like that Marvel everyone's a quipster type thing, you know? It's yeah. like, these are just, they don't think they're being funny, they just are, you know? Mm-hmm. The producer woman especially is yeah. just, it's, 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 it's like, who are you, you know? There's a scene where she's getting interviewed, right? And she's just like, it's always just so annoying. I just, I'm in charge of getting out the wallet, and I have to buy them this ridiculous stuff, like, snacks and then that's the end of that scene you know it's uh-huh, like what uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, god yeah. forbid you let people eat on your set mm-hmm. um yeah and then also like uh, an understated joke that i really liked is just like uh when there's this time skip between them watching the nomination oh no no but between them finish between like it cuts it cuts to them from them filming the movie to them like you know on all these award shows and mm-hmm. Marilyn hack just like has like this insane amount of plastic surgery but like no one draws <laughs> yeah. any attention to it i i love that uh, um, yeah, I just I just thought that was an amazing punchline yeah. because like yeah that's that's what I hate to say it, that's what Renee Zellweger looks like right now like yeah. <laughs> like this is a real Oof. thing bro like um, uh, I I also love um, there's uh, Harry Shearer goes on the show Chillaxin which is uh, the most early two thousands thing I've ever <laughs> yes, seen like this MTV ass show where uh-huh. he just dances and he's got frosted tips <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh god. <laughs> He, yeah. he he honestly takes it the best out of everyone. You know, the, the the two women are sad when they don't get nominated. He's just like, yeah, I'll fucking go back to being a hot dog, I'll you know? Do, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or what is that, the hula, hula the, balls? He, he's doing, like, a oh, yeah. hula thing, yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> the hula balls <laughs> Just are great. hula hoopers. I don't know, man. I, I will uh, say really another aspect I like about this, and I think this is just a joke that has aged well with time, is, like, early 2000s internet humor, like, these these boomers oh, not yeah. knowing what the internet is in 2006 i think works perfectly because like this is mm-hmm. probably the last year that those types of jokes can work you mm-hmm. know after that everyone's got yeah. an iphone you know everyone has internet access the idea mm-hmm. that harry Shearer doesn't even own a television i i like these jokes about people just not understanding how printers work or how email works or the uh the guy who's he's his whole interview with uh the cast uh-huh. is him talking about how cool phone is and taking a phone call during the interview. Yeah, yeah. But let's not forget about the Wonder Woman stand-up show, No Penis Intended. <laughs> That's that was that was like a in a sad. La La Land when Emma Stone has her show that like four people show up to. Uh-huh. I was yeah. I was kind of getting a similar except in that like it's supposed to be sad that you know no one likes her show that's good. In this it's you feel bad for the audience that is there watching this show because they all look like students that have been forced to go to this. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is bad, you know? Um, I just like the title. Like, there's not a ton to say about it technically, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's well-made. It's, it's, it, yeah. it is well-made, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's got good editing, you know? The sets look like sets. Um, uh-huh. The costumes look like costumes. The yeah. writing is all good. I, I love the two writer characters I, I do too because i relate to them so heavy i'm like yes the movies are about writers okay don't let them butcher your movie 
because they they really they really are the are the biggest losers here because i mean i guess i guess they make money so that's fine but like they've their movie has just been like completely bastardized by by all these people involved like by ricky (laughs) yeah most notably ricky yeah i i was gonna say i forget which one of my film school episodes i think i talked about how like that transition from writers to directors being in charge Mm -hmm. um this is a good this is a good artifact of that where it's like you know they're getting interviewed at the end and it's a joke because the interviewer just keeps asking the question and not letting them answer but he's like how do you feel knowing that you know on stage the artist is really the the writer and i was thinking like oh yeah you know i know arthur miller i don't know the guy that directed the crucible you know Uh um and on the other hand you know you get these movies that are big i don't know who wrote schindler's list but Mm -hmm. i know who directed it you know yeah. I it's a good point, but it's also a joke because it's these two sad guys that don't even get to say anything, you know. Uh uh-huh. mm-hmm. It's a and joke yeah. that has commentary, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I, Did I, they I, have to reshoot all the scenes. No, they just I, I like to imagine they just ADR Thanksgiving every time they said Purim. Yeah. <laughs> I I wonder when I don't know when Purim is. Let me look this up. I, I I did there was a brief shot near the end where you can see the poster. And mm-hmm. it is everyone still crowded around wearing like the Purim gear. And it's like, <laughs> I wonder if they just changed the title. You know? <laughs> like it might yeah, the entire movie is the movie. same. People think it's Thanksgiving. If all you got to do is get people in the seats, you know, once the movie True. started, if it's not about Thanksgiving, what are they going to do? Leave? Like they've already paid for their tickets. So, mm-hmm. uh-huh. are uh-huh. you there? Yeah. yeah. Purim is in the middle of March. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. But yeah no, no, speaking, speaking of those writers also, like, I love that scene when. Like they're doing that scene, and uh, Christopher Guest just like throws the script on the ground and just makes the actors just start like he's just like just say like the first thing that comes to your head or something, and yeah. it's just like it's it's amazing. They switch their hats and shit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I've seen directors do that, so I've yeah. done that. Really? Where I've just said, okay, look, whatever's in the script doesn't matter. Just say this instead. You know? uh-huh, uh-huh. Don't try yeah. to speak Italian. Yeah, like I write my scripts, so it's fine. But yeah, uh-huh. there are scenes where I've said, Luke can say this Italian line, he can't, and I'm like, okay, no. Steven, you're gonna say this, you know. Um, uh-huh. I, I, here, here's a discussion question, I guess. Wes, you, mm-hmm. we're not a huge fan of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What yeah. would you say is the diff? When, when you were watching this movie, do you like the scenes that are just the movie they're making? Because I remember one of your complaints in Hollywood is like, I don't care about this Western that Leonardo DiCaprio is making. Whereas in this, I was invested in the fake storyline, even though it only takes up like 10 minutes. Like, I, I liked those well, scenes. No, what is the story, though? It's just one of the girls dying. The, the and, mom's and the, dying, and, the and also the son's home for Purim, and also the daughter's gay. And yeah. it's very, very understated for the 40s. Like, it feels like that's not even a big deal in the film. Like, she comes out, and then they just have her at dinner together, you know? Um, yeah. Which, I mean, I guess we can get to that vaguely in the next film, but in comparison, oh, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Th- no, those I, two scenes are very different. I, I was I was somewhat interested, you know, but, like, I, I'm glad that they kept it pretty minimal, the, scene, the actual movie scenes, because I think that I would have gotten bored quickly um, yeah. if they'd had more of that, so... It's a, it's like a it's a very short movie too. So like I think that also helps a lot. Is it does Which not helps, overstay yeah. its welcome. Definitely, it's Ari's yeah. favorite length yeah. for a film. It's under ninety minutes. Oh wow! No, it's yeah, I, I think I think it's perfect because also yeah, with all the jokes, uh, like they they don't they don't like write a joke out until it's dead. Like they just they just make a quick joke and then that's it, right? Like they don't have to have a reaction or anything. Like it's that's just it. 
I don't even think there's any recurring punchlines or running jokes. I think it is just everything is just, ah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. I then... think the hot dog thing is the closest because I like yeah. the part when he goes in the news show and the girl's just like, yeah, whenever I look at you, I just think of, like, hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the lies. I look at you and I think, wiener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it's fun, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, no, I had a really good time with it. For sure. I, I will say... Yeah. Um, ironically enough or maybe to be expected it um didn't get nominated <laughs> well Catherine o'hara who plays marilyn hack uh won the national board of review best supporting actress award and she was nominated for an independent spirit award oh. so there were rumors that she could be up for an academy <laughs> award oh, no. and then she did not receive any so That's i'd really like to funny. imagine she went through the exact same arc <laughs> as her character <laughs> um that's pretty good yeah it's well this movie took 12 million to make and made 5.9 at the box office which is a shame because i this has like a it's got a 52 on a rotten tomatoes like again huh? i've not seen any other christopher guest movies i know everyone who's ever seen best in show loves it so this this maybe it's good that we saw this first because i like this and I'm scared I wouldn't have liked it if I've seen the other ones. Just because it's, like, not his best doesn't mean it's bad. I, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with yeah. this movie, you know? Yeah, no, and the audience we'll scores even make half well. of its budget, though. I don't yeah. understand. People don't yeah, why did no one see it? It's funny, you know? Yeah, it's a good one. Ah. Yeah. When was the last time we all liked the movie that we watched? Uh, <laughs> it's it's we, been a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah, well, we did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I... Let's see if we get two for two, I guess. Yeah, let's see if we get two Let for two. Let us see if we get two for two. Anything else to say about for your consideration, guys? Uh, I don't, think, I don't so. think so. I will say, uh, one of the, the there is something unique about this one, because I do think most of his movies before this are mockumentaries. So this is the first one that's not like, you know, oh, there's a camera crew here. Like, Best in Show is a documentary. Uh, obviously Spinal Tap is a documentary I don't actually know what Waiting for Guffman is and I don't know if that one came first or after but I think that also is a documentary so this is the first one that's just straight you know single camera comedy mm-hmm. um, Interesting. so hey he, he did it well enough you know mm-hmm. good for him yeah good for him well thank you JMDA for recommending that movie uh, and thank you very much yeah, we, 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 all, we all had a good time with it now on to my recommendation for the episode uh, V for Vendetta it came out in 2005 uh, why, a lot of people think that the Wachowskis directed this. Uh, they didn't, but I think that I think that like it's that thing when like a movie comes out that Spielberg produces, and they're like Steven Spielberg presents this movie, and like he's not involved at all. Like yeah, I've I've heard people thinking like Super Eight is a Spielberg movie. Like, yeah, it's not. Mm-hmm. Or 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 like people think like Forrest Gump. Also, I think I've heard that. Like I don't. It's, yeah, Spielberg did all movies. But yeah, uh, I chose this movie. Because it's a movie I'd seen once before, and I remember enjoying. It's uh, it's based off a comic book by Alan Moore, um, who also wrote Watchmen, uh, and I'm a big fan of his. Um, and I just I, <laughs> I almost asked, I almost asked, isn't that one of the James Bonds? <laughs> That's Roger Moore. I legitimately correct. thought Alan oh. Moore was one of the Bonds. <laughs> Uh, okay uh if you if, see. if you knew anything about alan moore you would know definitely not this man is a recluse uh but but that yeah that's a story for another day 
Um, but I and I was just I was in the mood for for an action movie, and uh, and I like this one. I hadn't seen it for a while, and I wanted to share it with you guys. But you know, without further ado, let's let's get into some opinions. So uh, Ari, what do you think of this movie? I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Not gonna count hey. with you. <laughs> Great, Nick. <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I'll elaborate more. Um, it's, I did, I thought this would be very different than it was. I didn't think it'd be a dystopian action film. I thought it'd be more like a dramatic mystery. Mm. Well, I mean, which is, I mean, it has elements of those as well, obviously. But I mean, it was it was so much of a more complex storyline. And it was more intriguing and accessible than I definitely thought it would have been, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, I, I mean, I just had, I guess I had the wrong expectations. Like, I saw DC come up initially. I'm like, oh, what? What the hell? <laughs> uh-huh. I, I guess I don't really knew what it, know what I was expecting, but this was definitely not it. But it, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a fantastic movie, actually. Mm-hmm. And I would watch it again. I think. Who goes next? Shut up, Hey, <laughs> okay, I'll do the bit again. Um, I I knew a little bit about this movie. I I don't think I knew it was a dystopian film. I didn't expect it. Basically, it's Children of Men. If Children of Men was a superhero film, mm-hmm. um, which is a fun idea. Yes. I I think I I liked it. It is a good movie. I I enjoyed myself while watching it. I don't know how much I liked it though. Um. Or, no, let me rephrase that. I don't know how good it was. I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, I know this is, like, a high rating on IMDb. I don't know if it's, like, fantastic, but I do think it is very good. You know, it it, it kind of rivals Logan. It's in that category, I think, of, mm-hmm. like, very good, but not... It's not the Dark Knight, you know? Yeah. I, I have, like, minor issues with the film, so, like, it, that's not stuff I have to get into right now. But I do think very well acted... I like the the writing in it is very good. I love the subplot, I guess the main plot with the two detective guys. Like going back and forth with them is very like new season of Twin Peaks, which I really like. Like all these okay. different characters going on and it's like I like a I like a story where like you've got someone chasing the protagonist, but you also like them as a character too, you know, like the police have to catch her, yeah. but you also want them to win, you know. Like the fugitive a little. Yeah, like the fugitive, like uh there's a John Woo film called The Killer, where the entire plot is just the detective chasing the killer, but you also like the detective and the killer. Um, this feels a lot like that. I I did not really know it was dystopian. I definitely didn't know. It's basically 1984, and I especially didn't know John Hurt is in it, right? So when John Hurt shows up, I'm like, oh my god, it's this guy I love. Uh-huh. John Hurd, funnily enough, is in the film 1984 as Winston. So he's now played the guy and Big Brother, I guess. So good for him. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to like in this movie. It's, it's just a very, very solid film. And I think it's a directorial debut. So that's just even more impressive. Oh, really? Good job, yeah. Jimmy McTay. And then when the Wachowskis showed up at the end, and I saw the Wachowskis, I'm like, What? They did this, so this might be the last good thing they did. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. Speed Racer is pretty good. But... <laughs> <laughs> what was that other one? Shoot, no, they didn't do Jupiter Ascending. They, they did. They did? Cloud Atlas, I think. No, they, they did they, do Jupiter did... Ascending. Oh, they. Oh, okay, I always mix that up with the City of a Million Valerian planets. Yeah, no, but no, no, that's no. They did Luke Speed Bissell. Racer, okay. then Cloud Atlas, then Jupiter Ascending, and then well, probably the new Matrix movie. I don't know. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think this, it, it, I can definitely say this is their last good movie, even though they didn't direct it. <laughs> um, but but no, yeah, no. Uh, you are forgetting that Speed Racer is a masterpiece. I haven't seen it. I've seen clips. It seems crazy. It is uh, crazy, but it is, it is, I'm it works more than their next two films. Yeah, so. I'm intrigued to say the least. Um, but yes, uh, on to my opinion. I, I think, I mean, I already said I liked the movie. I liked it the first time I saw it, and I liked it again this time I saw it. Um, I just, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I think that, you know, th- there's a, there's a lot to like about it. You know, it, it might not be like super deep, uh, but there's, there's some cool stuff to be said. Um, and it's, it's an interesting plot. Uh, and I, I like, like, you know, the kind of like mystery surrounding the, the main character, um, and like what's going on there and also the mystery surrounding the pandemic, because I didn't realize that this was a COVID movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, but like, uh, I think so, some good action scenes, um, I, there's, there, there's a bloody, bloody fight, uh, underground at the end that I think is stylish and I like, um, yeah. I like, I like the music a lot too. Uh, I think there's some good stuff going on there. Um, I, yeah, I think everything about this movie, it just, it, it's, it's very solid and it, it's entertaining to watch. And, uh, yeah, and I, I like the character of V a lot. I think he's, he's a very interesting, deep character, kind of like the, the most three-dimensional one in the movie. Um, and, there's some interesting stuff to be said there. Um, I don't I don't know why it's taken so long for studios to like reopen up to the idea of R-rated comic book movies because like this works extraordinarily well, you know. Yeah. yeah. It is so violent. Like especially that ending scene, like there's blood throughout the movie, but that ending fight especially has mm-hmm. so much blood <laughs> that it's it's almost ridiculous. And I I'm, uh-huh. I'm surprised that nothing else really big happened r-rated until like deadpool and logan yeah because i'd watch more movies like i guess Watchmen. it's it's because Zack snyder keeps ruining it that's right i think Watchmen came out like right after this it was like 2006 (laughs) right yeah i think so yeah okay so that ruined it it. then but Uh, yeah thanks a lot (laughs) that was Um, a good impression of himari i don't know if that was intentional that's what he sounds like so i did not that was unintentional (laughs) amazing amazing well i'll take you guys through the plot basically um on the 5th of november in 20xx you know some some 400 years after guy fox tried to blow up parliament in like 1600s something uh so this is like you know in the in the recent future does that make sense (laughs) recent future uh near future there we go well (laughs) in the near future and different timeline yeah maybe this is the, the the current time uh because the pandemic has why uh anyway um the former united states of america yeah yeah basically i like that it's it starts on the on the 5th of november the anniversary of a guy tries to blow up parliament i don't understand why this is a holiday in england i like why do they celebrate this guy who tried to just (laughs) like this is like Mm -hmm. if we celebrated that time that the white house burned down um but uh uh anyway it's a it's a thing he actually a celebrated holiday yeah, Guy Fawkes Day. Everyone wears these masks on Guy Fawkes Day. Is that a real on the 5th thing? Of November. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a real thing in England. Well, they, like, okay, they wear masks. but I'm pretty sure they're... that's a little different because I think that was during the fucking Cromwell days. So, like, that was actually resistance, whereas the White House one was the British coming back, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But, but it is still a celebrated holiday, right? Like, people wear masks on Guy Fawkes I, Day? Honestly, it might be more of a celebrated thing because of this movie than that's what before. i would uh, maybe, yeah maybe also i didn't know this i thought the masks were big because of this movie 
That's what my assumption Maybe, was. I, 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 don't, I, I have no idea, but for some reason, I, I, I like, feel you know, like it existed before. Scream or Jason or whatever. Uh-huh. But, uh, um, I know a hockey mask existed. I, 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 were the Scream masks big because of uh, <laughs> Hold on. Guy Fox, Scream? Guy Fox Day is celebrated because it failed. Like, they're celebrating James the first surviving the attempt on his life. They're not celebrating oh. the attempt on his life. That, will, okay. that, will, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. that makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Damn, that's funny. So the masks existed before this, but I think that this this kind of like popularizes the current uh, yeah. version of the mask. This this is the reason that like anonymous used those masks, mm-hmm. or at oh, least the comic okay. book is. Yeah. Anyway, that makes sense. Uh, Wait, what about scream masks? Isn't well, no, that's like the that's, that's like, like the, the, the painting. painting. The, yeah. yeah. Edward Monk. Yeah, but would they use like for Halloween things before that movie? Oh, I, I don't, don't think so. Probably I not. Think, uh, Who would? See, you I don't you know. might be. You might be thinking of Halloween. Halloween has a pre-existing mask. Halloween, a Halloween with the Michael Myers yeah. as well. Yeah, but the Michael That's Myers. Mask I said Michael Myers, not Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, the Friday the 13th mask would have existed, because, like, that's just a hockey mask. That's just a hockey yeah. mask. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think the Scream mask no, is No, hockey, hockey, hockey didn't exist okay. until. <laughs> the Scream 1 is made for yeah. that. Okay. Come on, Ari. We, that was your movie. You recommended that. True. Yeah. Didn't did do his due that. diligence in his research. Anyway, uh, on the 5th of November, in some year in the, in the near future, um, this guy in a mask saves this uh, girl, Natalie Portman, who's, uh, who's out late at night after curfew. Um, who gets assaulted by some, like, police guys uh, because we live in a dystopian future and the government is evil. Um, so then he takes her to this rooftop where he he conducts uh, Tchaikovsky's 1812 overture and then as the cannonballs go off, uh, this, like, parliament building or whatever. It's not the parliament building, but some government building explodes. Um, and then basically the, the next day uh, at, like, a TV station, he takes over the broadcast uh, and says that, you know, in a year, at the next 5th of November, he will start an uprising and everyone should come out to, because the government is oppressing everyone. Uh, and as he's doing that, like, a police raid happens because they're trying to find the guy who blew up the thing, and they, they don't have him because he's wearing a mask, but uh, on camera they have Natalie Portman. Um, so they go to there, and she just happens to work at that TV station, so the police are there. Uh, but V's prepared. He does, he does a cool little uh, Joker thing where everyone's wearing V masks, um, and then, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no one knows who the real V is. Um, Damn, the Dark Knight stole it's that. Soul. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Yeah, what's yeah. up? Um, does he say go to Parliament on the next year, but also we're gonna blow up the building? I don't, I don't, I don't. I think he say he says meet me outside. Big that's very dangerous. You're about to blow up a building and have a bunch of people outside because when they're all like mobbing it at the end. I was like scared, like you know, don't yeah, go, don't go in, don't go in, just go up. outside, guys. I have something to show you. you know, like if this happened in real life, like, and there were that many people, they would like. I mean, this, this happened this, in recent this, history. This, they would movie, storm man. the capital. Yeah, this movie is 2021. Uh, I was, you know, yeah. I was gonna say maybe they knew just because it's like, oh, it's Guy Fox, he's gonna blow up the thing. Maybe they knew not to go, but I like the idea of blowing up everyone that supports you. <laughs> <Oops. laughs> They've evacuated, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Um, but yeah, at, uh, at the TV station, uh, the detectives that are that are searching, like the two main guys, they 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 corner V, uh, but then Natalie Portman takes one out, um, and then uh, so V has to saves V's yeah life. saves V's life. So V V kidnaps her because there's no way that they're gonna let her go. Like she's she's gonna be on the run. Uh, so instead, he just makes the executive decision to kidnap her for a year until he does his thing. Uh, and at first, she's a little freaked out, but then you know it kind of grows on him. And uh, her parents were freedom fighters. And so it, it maybe runs in the blame in, in the in the blood in the brain. Uh, what? <laughs> um, yeah, and she, she she comes around. V makes an egg in a hole, and she says it's the best thing she ever tasted. And at this point, I realize that this movie takes place in England. Um, <laughs> egg in a window slap, motherfucker! All right. <laughs> she just eats the bread, and she's like, oh, and she like she doesn't even eat, have the True. egg. She doesn't even get to the egg. She eats a corner, and she's like, oh, the, the, butter. The amazing thing about that scene is I don't know how intentional this is for world building but when she ate like the corner of a piece of bread and said this is the best thing i've ever eaten my immediate thought was like damn food must be really bad if if this is good and then he says i stole this from a train going to the the chancellor's Chancellor's building Uh and i'm like oh so even the chancellor's (laughs) then their food must be really bad (laughs) that's luxury for the chancellor Uh that's just how it is in england yeah no this is gourmet yeah I look. I I told Nick about this. I learned about a toast sandwich. It's just a piece of toast that they put two untoasted pieces of bread around, and that's a delicacy in England. Um, You're capping. It's a real thing. Look it up. It's called a toast sandwich. I'm, I am gonna look it up because I don't believe this. <laughs> okay. Well, it does mind that... you, this is this is the island next to the other island where a single plague on a single crop killed half the country because <laughs> they so... just ate the same thing. Like, they... <laughs> yeah. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, p- potatoes aren't even native to the old world. So what the hell did they eat in Ireland yeah. for hundreds of Nothing. years? <laughs> Nothing. Just imagine, like, yeah, imagine they came, they 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 came back from America with potatoes, and they were like, "Wow, this is the best thing I've ever tasted in my life." <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway um some some stuff happened v v is so the detectives they they kind of are looking into v and and they're they're putting together these string of deaths because v's going on a bit of a rampage bit of a revenge mission uh and you know we as the audience don't know exactly uh why yet but he's he's attacking all these people that were involved kind of like in this facility uh up upstate um where there were like a bunch of prisoners uh and you kind of piece together that he was one of the prisoners that that escaped um, and he has these burn marks, but which is why he always covers himself with a mask and covers his hands with gloves. Uh, you know, Natalie Portman wanted, like notices that like he will never even show his skin to anyone. Um, he goes on this murder spree. At some point during one of the the uh, murders, he gets Natalie Portman to help him uh, seduce this like Catholic or like Christian priest. Uh, but then, as that's happening, she uses the opportunity to like escape. Um, and then she goes and lives with like her her boss at the production company, where he reveals that he has uh, a Quran and Nazi memorabilia, uh, and is gay. And is gay, um, which yeah. is uh, like that's a, just it's, the, it's the triple threat uh-huh. right there. <laughs> um, so he he he's got baggage, so he hates the government too. But anyway, she stays with him, uh, and then we don't we don't see V for a while, um, and then. Uh, at some point, pretty much, the government comes for, for her boss because her boss uh, does a bit of, like, an Eric Andre show uh, where he brings mm-hmm. on this fake chancellor uh, who, gets, like, pranked, yeah, who gets pranked by this fake V who turns out to also be the chancellor. Um, it's, an, it's an amazing bit. Uh, I don't. But the, the fake chancellor is played by John Hurt. 
<laughs> yeah. So like I don't even know what's going on in that scene. Uh huh. Yeah, and the fake fake Chang is also played by John Hurt. So oh, okay. it's 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 good stuff. But the government ends up coming for him because they can't have dissidents. Um, and so Natalie Portman escapes out of window uh, as they they kill the her boss. But then she gets kidnapped, uh, and you think, oh no, they 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 got her, uh, and she's being held in prison and uh, being asked to sell out V, but she's refusing to. She finds a, a letter up about this uh, gay woman in the cell next to her, um, and eventually it comes time to it where she'll either be executed or uh, have to give up V, and she chooses to be executed. It reveals that it was V the whole time. Blah 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 blah, uh, and he was yeah. V put her in a fake. He, he was doing it so that her. she could live uh, a life without fear, and also probably because he didn't want her. He wanted to make sure she didn't sell him out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, basically, then it's getting close to the fifth of November, so she she leaves. She heads home because she has a shaved head now, and no one recognizes her, and because she's not afraid of anything, so her whole demeanor's changed. Uh, people are starting to riot more as as the fifth starts to show up. Um, a, a V supporter gets killed, and this this causes a lot of unrest. Eventually, um, it gets revealed. Uh, the detectives figure out because V helps them to the to the fact that the government that exists right now exists because uh, they unleashed a virus onto onto England, and then were the only ones who had the cure and used that to rise to power. Um, so then, it's a good band. yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> they, they just, they just had the, the um, uh, a, a pop punk band sitting yeah, in they the had Robert Smith come out and sing and everyone's like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then the police decide to, to take, to help him take down the chancellor. So they bring him to him and, uh, V kills him, but then they try to kill V, uh, but then V kills them and then that he, he's, he's, he's made a steel yeah. vest and he's he's got a he's got a just just a like a metal plate in his in his face because ideas are he bulletproof pulls marty and, mcfly yeah ideas are bulletproof and so are steel plates <laughs> um <laughs> and and mm-hmm. he's made this train of explosives that he's giving natalie portman the uh the red button uh to flip and she ends up doing it and parliament blows up and everyone lives happily ever after and even some people come back to life <laughs> Oh yeah, and that's the movie. But V dies. Like, like lame is the end, kind mm-hmm. of, ish. Like reverse, mm-hmm. kind of. That's the plot. Yeah, good job. By thanks. the way, yeah. that was pretty in depth. Thanks, thanks. All right, that's uh, the end of this episode. Yep. So <laughs> Thank you for if, listening. With, if there weren't a few issues with this movie, uh-huh. I would say I like it's one of my favorites. I don't buy the fucking fake prison shit. I don't know why he did it. Yeah, that was my biggest problem with the movie, and like. It almost lost me there. I will say when he can't, because I knew it was going to happen. I'm like, this is going to happen because this is the type of thing that happens in comic book movies. And I really hoped it wouldn't happen because it would make no sense. What, the twist? Because the, the twist, mainly because... Uh, you saw, you can't say you saw that coming. I, I, I didn't see it coming in like, oh, I know it's about to happen. I thought of it and I'm like, wouldn't that be weird? If that happens, I think it is. It, I think it is also something I thought of the first they, time because we never when saw he kidnaps the guy her, in the shadows. Yeah, when he kidnaps her, like, also he's wearing a mask and he's always wearing gloves. So like, you know, it it, it it's it's. I I don't think it's trying to be super mysterious. Like obviously to an extent, but like they could do more. They could have done more if they really wanted people not to be able to figure it out. But I don't think that's the main point. But the thing I don't understand is like when she gets when she first shows up at the prison and gets shaved and hosed down, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've seen flashbacks to the prison already at that point because there's like the notebook and there's like the we get like glimpses of V's past and it is the exact same set. 
So did he just rebuild all of that? And then also he's the only one there. So it's like, hmm, I wonder why that guy wearing all leather gloves and a face mask is like hosing me down, you know? Well, it, it was just like, what? Yeah, so I, I do... I, I do actually have I, I think I think it's okay and I think it actually fits with his character because I think his character is a little crazy like he's definitely not uh, a, a normal guy he's kooky. right like he he's 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 been through it and he's a uh, he's he's been kind of crazy and also I think he's a showman like he like he really cares about like putting on a good show that's why I think he does he, like I know people think the domino scene is also kind of weird because like why does he do that I think he just does that because he he's a showman right like well, he, I buy with the domino scene yeah, that's yeah but nah, but it's like if you that know, domino's like V reveal wasn't used in a trailer then they really failed like <laughs> that was epic uh huh uh huh but but like like I think everything he does for a show right like playing the music in the orchestra so. I don't that I think that coupled with the fact that you know he's probably not all mentally there, it makes sense to me at least that he would do this to her because I'm not saying that that is a, a thing that it makes sense for a, a, a normal person to do, but I don't think that V is a normal person. So. It's it's the chaotic good version of the Joker, basically. Uh-huh. Like if you're willing to give the Joker a pass for like the ship scene, the infamous boat scene. Uh-huh. Um, then I think some of the things he does in here are... I just... I, it's so elaborate, this set that he's... And it's, like, behind a door that we've seen in the movie. It's like, did he have that there and know that... <laughs> did the, like, he did just he, preparing for it. Did he make it? Did he cement it himself? He, did, he yeah. just... He stays there. The he's, he just, like, meditates there, like, once a week. He spends the whole day. He's like, let me get back to my roots. <laughs> I don't know. Like, suppose she showed up and just immediately said, oh, yeah, it was this guy, you know? Like, what would he have done? Would he have just killed him? It's like, well, I built that for nothing. <laughs> or, True. Because I, when she finds the letter, you know, it feels like that letter is supposed to be the thing that inspires her to keep going and to not give up. But it's like, she's already not giving things yeah. up before that. She's being waterboarded at that point and, and still doesn't say. So it's mm-hmm. like, she's already doing well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's, I, I think. You know, I, I I can justify it by being it being just one of his theatrics, but I do understand that. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I wonder if you know it's it makes more sense maybe in the graphic novel, and they just wanted to adapt it uh, like that arc. But like because you know, I'm I'm assuming the graphic novel is probably like twelve volumes, like Watchmen. Um, so you can probably get into a lot more stuff here. This movie's like two hours twenty, I think. So I think I think that they're really just trying to fit in as much as possible. So that might be the explanation for that scene. But yeah, I I understand. I uh, like, I mean, like that was the the biggest thing I had. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's other minor things, but that was the point. Where, and I forget what. I don't even know if the movie did anything to win me back. I was just like, okay, look, that's the only thing that I've had a big problem with so far. I'll just let it slide, I guess. You uh, know. Yeah, but I do, I do really like. I remember like vividly this being kind of like the only scene that I I remember like really liking uh in the movie the first time I saw it and I liked it again this time is when she goes onto the rooftop afterwards like that like music swelling and like all the visuals and stuff like I really I I think it's a really cool scene I don't know why what about it exactly but it just feels really powerful and uh I, I like that part I suppose mm-hmm. I I I was like ah uh, she's doing the the thing but it's water it's not fire what does this mean <laughs> You know, pink uh-huh. sock guy. You know, it, it felt kind of like that, where it's like, I guess this means something to someone. But um, yeah. I did think it was really funny because when we get the flashbacks of V and he's in the fire, he just goes like, ah, and he screams. And then it 
cuts that with her just going she like goes like uh, uh, <laughs> like one cut uh-huh. i'm like okay well oh we're calling it's funny yeah mm-hmm. I, okay it's, it's, yeah yeah so the action scenes are okay i don't like the last one you don't okay it's yeah. very the slow matrix. motion one even acknowledge if i acknowledge he's a really quick guy all the people they don't they don't even attack him like once it is kind of a stand and take turns yeah, yeah exactly he's just like doing his spinning and flails and everyone's just like standing there i know they have no more bullets in their guns yeah, but those have been they have like to attacking him. Yeah, just take the l and the lb you know knife to the face because he has to go around and kill every single one true, he goes true. through the entire yeah. half circle and one foul sweep yeah mm-hmm. and there are there are a few guys that like felt like oh, did you need to kill that one you know like it, it feels <laughs> like he he's kind of just you know uh flippant about which ones he murders versus which one he just knocks out because like there's a few guys where it's like that guy's just doing his job and you just cut his neck open uh-huh. the guys at the end yeah they're about to shoot him but there's some guys like in i think in the studio scene maybe a couple guys get killed it's like that's just a security guard at like a building mm-hmm. doing his job you know like that guy didn't need to die mm-hmm. um yeah, not at the beginning i thought this would be like a less violent movie because i think the first time we see him in an action he just knocks everyone out yeah yeah, yeah i was hoping he yeah I was hoping for like a RoboCop shoot the dick off the guy moment, you know. But yeah, all those people who were threatening to uh, sexually harass Natalie Portman, they all got knocked out. Uh, they're also called Fingermen, which is just <laughs> finger the craziest okay. name. Okay. It, it, it sets them up perfect. I don't know what a Fingerman is. I don't want to know, but yeah, I just I I do think it is good at, at world building though. You know, it, again, it's. Mm-hmm. It's similar to Children of Men, which came out. I got those same right vibes. After. I like when you brought yeah, that it's, up. It's this, like, it's this dystopia that really isn't that different from. They just have bigger modern TVs. Day yeah. England. They, they just have bigger TV screens. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it is. I will say, you know, it feels a lot like 1984. One of the things that I think is a big parallel between this and 1984, um, that isn't even like story wise, is I can see this being sort of like a every ideology appropriates it as supporting itself you know like 1984 is one of those things where it's like oh no it's anti-communist oh no it's anti-capitalist and like everyone just says it's whatever they don't like that's Uh what it's against this kind of feels like uh that but on the lower side of the compass like is this anarchist is this libertarian because there's a lot of stuff in there that could go either way Mm -hmm. i can see some mad lads even saying yeah this is pro-communist you know like this is anti you know fascist Uh it it does kind of and i don't know if that's just you know intentionally appealing to everyone or if it's just it doesn't take a singular stance it's just like we don't like bad people so everyone's like yeah i don't like bad people this is my movie well no i I think the the thing the interesting thing is as he says at the end he's building this world but he doesn't know what he wants the world to be he just knows that he doesn't like the current world but he doesn't mm-hmm. want to be the one mm-hmm. that builds the world. So I think that is probably why, you know, there's not really a message as to what the world should be. He's just saying what the world shouldn't be. And that's big. And he wants no TV part of it. He literally blows himself up. He's like, I'm I'm out. Good luck. <laughs> Peace you out. Know. Yeah. yeah okay. V. Is he superhuman? I don't think so. She, he just has like a good immune system or something. Because uh, I, I, he was experimented on and he survived that explosion. Yeah. So I feel 
the bullets at the end were what did it for me. Like, even if he's wearing some plate armor, <laughs> that man got shot a lot. I Yeah, I like I feel like you'd be able to tell if you were shooting metal yeah. as opposed to shooting and a also, person. And also, why are they all aiming at his chest? Like, are they so... Ex- like, <laughs> well, no they, people never go for headshots in movies. Because then people would actually but be able to die. That, like, <laughs> there's like a yeah. certain cone uh-huh. of radius that a bullet will go through. Like, circumstantially, something should have hit his chin, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but, but as... Especially the metal, it's like pinging off everywhere, you know? Uh-huh. It just yeah, ricochets so you, and hits the you'd guy. You'd be able to tell if you're hitting steel. <laughs> like, it will make tings. They should just chest and every single person just gets hit by a ricochet just standing there, everyone's dead. Uh-huh. That'd be uh, great. Badass. Yeah, isn't that... That happens in some movie. And it's closed, too. Um, unaffected. Or at least did not show the steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I... He does kind of have some superhuman vibes. Yeah, I think... And why does well, everyone load their entire magazine into this guy? Yeah. Like, save a bullet. Because <laughs> it looks cool. Incompetency. There's, there's stormtroopers, Ari. Okay? Um, no, I think, uh, I, I think though, that... Uh, I get the impression that he can't feel pain. That, that that's kind of his deal. But that not necessarily okay. that okay. he's, like, any more resilient than anyone. I just kind of... I, I just feel like he's... It's like kick-ass, right? Like, he's he's just... He's accidentally become a superhero because of the his inability to know when to quit. Um, okay. that, that's the impression I get, though. That's that's nothing confirmed. Um, he's also immune to the coronavirus. <laughs> that, is, that is correct. Um, but yeah, one thing that I really like about him, though, is that you never see his face, you know? It's like, it's like dread in that sense. Um, but the fact that I think Hugo Weaving gives a really good performance in this... Um, and yet yeah. he, he, he just wears a mask the entire his time. His hair is stupid, though. Everything else about him is cool except it's his hair. It's a wig. Why do they do him it's so good. dirty like this? I love the hair. I love the wig. Because I think that's part of what, like, is a completely so non-threatening character. And then he pulls out his knives. It's like, oh, I'm about to die, you know? No, with the mask and the cloak is moderately threatening, I'd say. I think it's threatening because now the hair. you associate it with, like, anonymous and, like, like sketchy hacktivists, you know? I think if I saw a guy wearing that with no context, I'd be like, "Who is this like Renaissance fair motherfucker?" You know, like <laughs> the 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 fact that it's always smiling gives me like octopus assassination classroom vibes <laughs> because like octopus <laughs> Weird. unkillable teacher is uh, is always is always smiling even when like murdering mm-hmm. people and I love that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think it makes him fun and quirky, like when he's cooking eggs and he's just. Always. I love the mask. I love the mask. Mm. I just it's the fucking hair is just like, <laughs> you poor soul. Who did this to you? There, that that reminds me. When Natalie Portman wakes up at producer's house and he's cooking eggs, like it's shot very similar oh, yeah. to that first scene when mm-hmm. V is cooking eggs. She says, "You're cooking the exact same thing that V cooked for me. This thing that is supposedly very difficult to acquire." And he's like, that's a weird coincidence. And all throughout the movie, even after that scene, characters are saying there's no, you know, there's too many coincidences to be a coincidence, you know? And he's like, coincidences don't exist, you know? Things just happen. I'm like, okay, so what is this about to set up, right? I don't know. I'm what does sure that there's mean, probably though? some yeah. theories there. That, yeah, that, that, that is also something I thought of is why does he make an egg in a hole? I don't know. I don't know. Egg in a hole? That's what I call them. I forget what they call them in the movie. They called it something else. Yes. Eggs on toast. I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. 
Um, yeah, no, I mean, maybe maybe uh, this guy and V were lovers at some point. Maybe this guy is an accomplice of V. Maybe this guy was one of the other ones at the facility. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is V and wearing a human mask like Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I am V. It is me. I nightlight as a as an anarchist. You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That that's a little confu- confusing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the uh, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about the parallels between you know her produced the that person and her their parents both being taken the same way from her under the bed yeah um, that I mean, scene I think... is like shot for shot i i will say that felt comic booky like in in like a good way like i can see panels where it is supposed to be uh-huh. a callback and i'm like that is good uh-huh. but i i think it might even there's one part where it does like some flashbacks while referencing an earlier scene it's like if you just visually showed this i'd be like oh okay i get it but instead I'm, I, it makes no sense to not reference the actual scene I'm thinking of, but I, I can't remember. It's either the bed scene or maybe when she walks out in the rain. It's like, I understand what this is referencing. You don't need to show me the thing before I get that this is a callback. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it, it, it does feel very comic booky. like, ah, remember this part? It's happening again. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if I'm okay with how on the nose it is. Yeah. I, I will say it, it did make me think, like, okay, how closely are they going to follow? Like, is she going to scream? or is Because, like, then there was, like, a tiny bit of tension. And, like, is she going to do the same thing where she calls out and they see her? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So there was, like, a brief moment of tension. But then she didn't say anything. She covers her mouth. I'm like, oh, okay. Then she climbs out the window. But, like, they don't. They don't know she's there. Yeah, so... that's that is something I thought of. Is like, why does she climb out the window? Like, does she think they're gonna come back and just search the house? Like, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, maybe maybe she thinks he's gonna sell her out or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it does seem weird for her, at least, not to wait a bit, wait until they've left the house, because <laughs> they yeah. they might still be in there. Um, and if not, then they're leaving the house and they're gonna see her. Yeah, exit, exactly. Like... Yeah, not 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 a not a not a brightest idea. Um, but I will say in regards to the, the, that being similar and also the, the ending fight, I, I, I'm okay with them and I like them because I view it as like being stylish that it's not literally how this occurs like in real life. Um, but it's like how the movie is portraying it. Uh, and so I like that, you know, but, but I understand why you don't like even like back to the ending fight thing scene. I really like the way that like the blades have like this like trail, following them kind of like, like the bullet that time too. thing and like yeah like that's not how it looks in real life that. but i i think that it's it's got a sense of style and that that kind of lets me excuse uh the parts that maybe don't make as much sense in reality um yeah one one thing also is like again i really like the detective characters i like these two guys um but it, it does kind of almost feel like a different movie because you've got like this this wacky guy in a mask who's making, you know, puns and saying every sentence with a V in it. And then it's intercut. He used more words that start with a V in it than I knew existed. Yeah, I, yeah that one sentence, <laughs> uh-huh. the classic sentence is like, what did you even just say, you know? Yeah. Um, but, like, then it's intercut with these two, like, very understated, like low voice detectives is like yeah you know what i've been investigating this thing i'm like this feels like a british procedural drama you know (laughs) and then it's intercut with a superhero film it it, like i like both of the films but it also does feel like two different things like 
I was thinking about, like, in Dark Knight, we follow Commissioner Gordon in a few scenes, intercut with what Batman's doing. I'm like, well, that works. What is this doing different? I think it's just, those feel like the same movie. This feels like, all right, now we're going to go to the police show, you know? And it's a guy like, what if the virus wasn't a virus, you know? Like, and meanwhile, he's just, like, stabbing people to death. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I feel like I lump a lot of the... uh the world building and the direct and the uh the detectives time kind of together and that's where i see the similarities with uh children of men mm-hmm. but most of the stuff with natalie porn and v is like a whole different thing yeah I'll... but like i feel like those they're different tonally but they don't clash yeah i i don't know how much they clash. i'm it just it just does feel like they have the clash two too. different ideas wow. <laughs> also um hold on it, it, it's it's slipping okay the the woman that v kills that when when she's like are you here to kill me and he's like over in the corner of the room and he's like yeah uh-huh. and she's like thank god i'm like you know what i like the idea of someone who's just fine with it she's like yeah you know what i did a bad thing i'm out but i will say it feels like i i wouldn't be surprised if in the comic book she's not like yeah come kill me I feel like they just didn't want to violently destroy a woman on a film, you know? Maybe, I don't know. It, but it did kind of sexism. come off as, like, she's okay with dying, guys. Just so you know, he he's killing a woman that wants to die. Well, I know? guess, I, I think the, imp- the, the implication is that she's, like, the nicest one that was at the facility. And that yeah. she didn't have evil intentions, even though she clearly did an evil thing. Like, she compared herself to Oppenheimer, which is like, I don't know if yeah. you ever really want to be comparing yourself to the creator of the other atomic bomb. But, uh, World War II yeah. characters that I think are easier to compare it to. I also just called Nazis characters, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that sentence was. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, no, so, uh, I don't even know. That's, that's all yeah. I can. I, I mean, that's not even a problem with the movie, but I will say that did feel like you think, you think the comic maybe book a little. You think maybe but, they were like, oh, we draw the line at killing... I also, just, like, going off of, like, killing joke, like, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Roger Moore is... Uh, he, he's not holding back in his comics, so uh-huh. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, if it even is a female character in the book. I think it is just, ah, uh, fuck you, and dies. This felt like... We're going to stay accurate to the book, but just so you know, she's repented. She wants to die. It's going to be silent. Uh, acting? Acting. I thought the acting was fine. I mean, I already talked about this. I think Hugo Weaving's great, especially mm-hmm. considering that it might not even be him. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Do but like, it's him? No, no. I, I, I think it is him, yeah. I think it's definitely him. He's pretty tall. How tall is Hugo Weaving? Well, he's, he's pretty tall in The Matrix, right? That's right, he's in The Matrix. He's also in Happy Feet. Um, How tall is he in Happy Feet? (laughs) (laughs) It's like two foot four, I guess. Um, No, I I think he's good, and I think Natalie Portman is good. Like, she's, I think, the one that, when this movie came out, everyone was talking about her performance. Um, I think it's good, you know? I think Uh, it's very good. Yeah, but Um, I think don't take anything away from Hugo. I think he does good stuff. I feel like the most exaggerated one was the... um, What's what's the guy's name? Jonathan Hurt. Likes... Yeah. Hey, actually, oh, is fine. John Hurt, the Chancellor. Yeah, John Chancellor. Hurt is Sir John Hurt. Please use his proper title. Uh, my bad. One of my favorite people ever. Probably the last death that I actually cried at for a celebrity. Like I was sad uh-huh. when Mr. Hurt passed. 
Um, but I, I will say, you know, this, it does almost come across like a, hey, can we get you in the studio for like a couple days? And he just stood in front of a wall and said his lines very angrily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying, other than him getting killed at the end, I guess there's the sitcom scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a couple like flashbacks to Nazi rally Hitler. type things. Yeah. 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 I was so, like everything to do on like the video screen where he's like yelling at his like. Yeah, which again but, is like very 1984. Yeah. But I, I do like that. I mean, I, I haven't read 1984, but I am aware that someone appears on a video screen. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I do, I do like the idea of this guy who only projects himself onto this huge video screen because Snoke. It. Oh well. <laughs> it makes sense because it's like he he's supposed to appear bigger than these people and like like this foreboding force right so he's he's all powerful so because i think that if he was if he was just sitting in the in the boardroom as just another guy in a chair he wouldn't seem yeah. as foreboding and powerful so I, I i think that that's that's good character uh, i agree yeah. um, i'm down with the big uh screen and all just he if, if i had to pick up one performance to be less grounded i feel like it was that one in my mm-hmm. in my opinion watching it felt a little more exaggerated than the rest yeah including and, uh, well, B. I, I would argue it works because it does feel to an extent like no one's really into it except him you know like at the end when those like uh-huh. when like the military guys are like hey no one's responding all right guns down i guess lads you know like uh-huh. it does kind of feel like without him everyone's just like okay we can go back to being normal cool Mm-hmm. It, it does seem to all revolve around him um which might be part of the point like hey you know you you elected the guy at some point and it's like ah well i guess he's in charge now um he does get disposed of very quickly at the end which i'm like uh fair enough but i i i was a little confused as to why the guy agreed to kidnap the chancellor and kill him I think it. I think it's because V probably just threatened to kill him instead. Yeah, but like, if he has the power to even do that, like he could have just killed him himself if he wanted him gone. You know, like. I think he did try to at the end there. Yeah, well, he shot him, but like, it's like, oh, okay, but you could have done that years ago, and like he, if he had done it years ago before the V stuff even happened, he'd probably be in charge now. You know. Yeah. Like if it was that easy, just okay. I guess you're the chancellor now. Cool. You know, like some Roman Empire shit. Like, uh, got rid of him. I'm in charge now. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I will say that fake TV show is one of the most British things I've ever seen. Yes. That's like some peep show shit. I've seen TV shows from England that are actually like that. So uh-huh. that was just amazing. The only one I know that, that seems like it is apparently there's one where naked attraction or something naked where people attraction. are just naked on tv oh yeah, yeah i know what you're talking about chris naked chris and afraid. smith loves that show yeah naked and afraid yeah yeah um Classic. a very british show they just drop you down in leads and say right, <laughs> <laughs> um, i i i will also say there's a scene in this that's classic that i i want to talk about uh-huh. um this is in addition to making the anonymous mask popular it made another thing popular it made the overture of 1812 uh, a symbol of destruction, basically, right? Because I, I know when I hear that that noise, because the, the overture of 1812 is probably my second favorite classical composition. I'm an Ode to Joy man, but wow. overture of 1812, you know, it gives me chills. And when I 
that first scene when it explodes in the fireworks and it's doing the thing, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, good movie. I'm ready. Bring it on. But that explosion of the London Tower at the end, I've seen that before. I, I guess I just didn't make the connection that it was in this movie, even though it has the music and it has the explosions and it is Parliament. Once we got to that scene, I'm like, oh, oh, I know what's about to happen. They're going to blow up the thing. I love that. Good choice of music. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. But I, I just imagine being a British person, watching this patriotic music, and it's like your biggest landmark blowing up, you know? <laughs> it's not British it's, patriotic music, though. I know, it's it's Russian, but I think <laughs> it, it is patriotic to someone, you know? <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, um, I, I think I think the, the, the one of the reasons... Um, is because of the cannonballs. It's the it's the it's the overture where they shoot cannonballs. Yeah, so. I I like that. Like oh, instead of cannonballs, it's just blowing up blowing a building. up parliaments. Um, yeah. but I I will like you know I'm thinking of Independence Day when the White House blows up. You're not supposed to cheer. You know White House down. You're not supposed to cheer. This the climactic thing. It's like if blowing up the Statue of Liberty was the part where you cheer in a movie. You know. Uh huh. Yeah. But I I it worked. It made. It's like, all right, Parliament, now it represents this asshole. Let's mm-hmm. blow it up, baby, you know? Mm-hmm. So good good job with the movie for somehow making the destruction of a national landmark an exciting moment. I think that could have worked, of course, with the U.S. if that happened to be the setting. Yeah. Um, the former United States, as they're yeah. referred to in this film. Of course. Which is really funny. I like that. Yeah. they, The Alex Jones type guy, too, when he... Uh, when he's talking oh, yeah. early on about the former United States, he's like, we should pull our own little tea party on them. I'm like, D- do the British, are they back? Like, <laughs> what is that supposed to imply? Are they, are we done? You know, like, uh-huh. I, I'm not saying that the British, no, I am saying the British absolutely could not take the U.S. now. So I, I was like, that's an interesting plot. I wonder what's been cure? going on. To a virus? Yeah, I was wondering maybe like... But I don't think, they don't unleash the it anywhere United else. States. They only unleash it in, in England. Yeah, my big question with like, you know, evil governments in media like that, it's like, I understand, you know, it, it was making me think of that CGP uh, Rules for Rulers video, mm-hmm. like the handling of keys. I'm like, there's a lot of these guys that don't seem to really want to be part of this, but... They know that they got to participate if they want to not die, you know? Mm-hmm. I I was thinking, like, why would a government really want to kill people? Because it's like, if you don't have a country, like, what what you are you doing? You no one to rule. You know? Like, yeah. imagine they just massacred everyone in the mass, but, like, that was the entire British population. So it's just a bunch of, like, soldiers and guys in suits sitting around like, well, shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I feel like, you know, it's though, just, but... most of the time it's more, you know, commentary than realism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this is actually a documentary about last year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Uh, Too many parallels to be comfortable with. Music? you guys pay attention? I like the music in this movie a lot. Did you guys? I don't remember. Uh, okay. I like the 1812 overture. Well, <laughs> good job to the composer Peter Tchaikovsky. There, there are good a job, few, good music. Yeah, there's. What I, I guess, Wes, you haven't read the comic, right? No. I okay, intend to sometimes. Though. I was, just, I was just wondering if, the, 
oh god i can't even remember the name of the movie the man from monte carlo or the man from monticello or whatever yeah, the count robert donat movie count of monte cristo yeah <laughs> i was just wondering if that was a part of the comic because i've seen that movie and i i i'll tell you what i was not expecting to see that movie referenced in anything ever so oh okay i was yeah, just maybe, like maybe. oh I mean, Natalie Portman explains it when she says, oh, he was too dedicated to revenge that he didn't love the girl. And that's... Yeah, that's not what I got out of that movie. But there is a very <laughs> similar scene. The Count goes to prison, and he's in, he's in, he escapes from prison. Uh, I thought Natalie Portman was going to do a prison break the same way. I'm like, oh, okay, so people who've seen The Count of Monte Cristo are going to be like, oh, I know how she's going to get out, but nah, she just walks out a door and she's... Uh-huh. And then and, tips yeah. over a mannequin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think... Uh, it's, it is a good movie. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm glad we all enjoyed it. Um, any, yeah, any, I'm very any, happy I watched that. Very happy. Yeah, it felt final, classic just watching it. Final thoughts? Well, good final movie. Final thoughts. We all, we all liked both of today's movies. Hey. Let's see if we could like... Probably not the one I'm about to recommend. Oh, Ari. Ari, <laughs> don't, don't. Don't. Don't be hard on yourself. Uh, no, well, okay. So I'm not... If you I like think, it, that's okay. all that matters. And if you don't, the thing then is, I, don't I haven't know. seen this film. Uh, let's we're going. We're getting into. We're getting into the, the outro here. Um, so. I haven't seen this film, through going through you guys' IMDb things. I can't find you guys haven't watched it. However, I feel like, I have a I don't know a feeling that one of you guys might have seen it. Hopefully, both of you guys haven't because I don't have a backup. Um, but, it just so happens to be a coincidence that our next episode is the 69th episode because I had already while I forgot about that I also made the decision to watch this let me see if I've rated this movie movie. do you know what movie I'm about to recommend no I just like I'm just thinking of a movie I just want to know if I've rated it and it has to do with Twilight oh I definitely don't know oh and this Next time, we're going to be reviewing Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh! Oh, (laughs) Originally a fan fiction for Twilight. Yeah, this fan fiction. You said 69, and I immediately started thinking, like, what weird section is he about to... I thought Sausage Party, man. I I honestly thought, like, is Ari about to recommend Blue is the Warmest Color? Oh, yeah, we have. We we saw Sausage Party, yeah. Oh, I saw Paul. Hey. Oh, hey. (laughs) Let's go, phone. (laughs) <laughs> Let's go, Pone. Um, yeah, so that's 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 the movie we're going to be watching next now, time. Now, Ari, just the first one, right? Yes. Please? Okay. <laughs> yes. Although yes. I think... Just... I don't know, man. I've heard things. You've heard things? Yeah. What have you heard? All I know about There's this movie is... Or maybe not spoilers. Yeah, stuff. that's it. There's yeah. not enough, or like, there's less sucks <laughs> than you might expect. Yeah. Anyways, get ready for some hypothetically uh, saucy film and okay. some saucy discussion. Great. Do we have any questions or listener recommendations for next episode? We've got stuff on the Reddit, but do we want to do it next time because this is getting kind of long? They're uh, not questions, sure. but they're, just, have, they're just like We'll do it next time. Yeah. We'll do it do next we have any time. listener recommendations for films for next there's time? No, there's no recommendations. They're just like two. Well, there are because we only did one of Rita's. Um, 
when she did her giant dump, we picked possession out of the giant list. We have to watch all from. of these at some point? Wait. No, 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 no <laughs> we don't have to. I'm just saying if we want to do a second film, I'm willing to do a second one. Okay, good. Okay. Don't make me watch 20 Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. I don't want to... If, if we picked possession, I don't want to pick any... I don't want to pick another No, 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 no. hold on. But Ari, Ari, wait till you hear the other things on, on her list really quickly. What are they? Um... Look, if Wes is going to recommend Gone Girl at some point, we don't have to pick that off the list. Run, no, no, no. pick it. Pick it so then I don't have to recommend it. Like, Children of Men, that's do, what happens. Do you want to do Gone Girl, Ari? Do you want to do another David Fincher film? Um, sh It's got Ben wait. Affleck. It's got sure. uh, Tyler Perry. Yeah. Sure. All right, sure. we'll do Gone Girl. For next time? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Fifty Shades, Gone Girl. Remember to watch Fifty Shades and Gone Girl. Hopefully, we can get these numbers back up so we can get another sponsor on next episode. Please. Um, make sure to check out our YouTube channel, Postpone. That we sorry, just Pone. That we haven't posted to in a little bit. Hopefully, uh, during the summer. Ah ha ha. Maybe. Okay. Saw something up. Um, make sure to give Saw. us the highest rating on your podcast on respective on podcast your listening podcast. platform. For this podcast, uh, or however you felt about this episode, also check out our Wikipedia. For some reason, we have one. Our um, we do. Paulus, Nick, wiki, wiki. Oh. Yeah, we're wiki, not Wikipedia. <laughs> Whatever. Also check out um, our social media. We have a uh, Instagram, and also we have a Reddit. Both of which will be in the show notes. If you have any recommendations or questions, stop by there. Remember to watch both Gone Girl and Fifty Shades of Grey by next episode. Goodbye. Woohoo!